When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim GK. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have Jason Dow. We're going to talk about, uh, he's a photographer uh, was on the last season of uh, Hell's Kitchen. So he's going to tell us about his experience. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can go ahead and uh, pose your question in the chat room or email us at info at the core business show. Or you can go ahead and call in at 347-324-3460. Jason, welcome to the program again. Hey, no, I wasn't actually on the show. I was just, uh, there, were, there was a reenactment of what they were doing uh, outside of there. So I got to go experience that, which was, really, which was, which was a real treat for me. Well, kind of tell us what the, uh, about yourself first, and then we're going to talk about the experience. Sure. Um, I've been a photographer ever since I can really remember. I mean, I was never professional, but I, I loved having the camera in my hands. And uh, I started off when I was about six, and as I as I grew up and, and started to get more into the arts and, and, and uh, figuring out the path of life I wanted, I started to take uh, pictures with, uh, you know, portraits and pets and stuff like that. Your typical, your typical photography stuff. But then in mm-hmm. 2009, I started up with my own artistic series, and uh, that's kind of what got my name out there. And um, shortly after that, I started to do some odds and end jobs, and that's where I met uh, Chef Robert Hess from um, Hell's Kitchen season five. And he he decided to do this event in Clearwater, which was basically a reenactment of uh, the Hell's Kitchen Chefs Challenge, where he actually brought in contestants from the different seasons, five and six, because he was on both. And um, when he, uh, they came down and they were actually raising money by, uh, for the uh, wounded veterans. And um, the idea was they put the wounded veterans against the Hell's Kitchen crew. And the Hell's Kitchen crew, there was two events. One of them was like a Chefs Challenge. The other one was a Paintball Challenge. So it put both of them in their in their environment and out of their environment, which is kind of a neat uh, scenario. And it was also wow. the same night when they were opening up a prototype uh, uh, store inside the inside the restaurant down here in Clearwater called Dundee's Corner, which is now a full restaurant in Las Vegas run by Chef Hess, which is the Angelo Dundee's Corner. So it was kind wow. of an eventful night, and I, I got to experience a lot of neat things that I never thought I would. Wow. Tell us, oh, just going back up regarding... Uh, Photography itself. What advice do you have for people uh, want to go in this particular industry, or how can they take a you know uh, a good shot? Well, I can't. You really can't train anybody to take a good shot. You know, it's it just comes down to your eye. You can train anybody on the technicalities of how to run it and and use a a, a camera, but if you don't have the shot and you don't feel the emotion behind the shot 
that's really what people see, and they're like, wow, that was impressive, you know what I mean? You can do things to enhance it and make it look better, but there's not, you really can't train your eye. You have to have that ability inside of you, even with even with uh, being a regular artist with paints and, um, you know, clay and stuff like that. You still have to have that passion and that, and that ability to see the thing put together before it's actually built and made. Um, but on the other hand, one of the biggest things I can tell anybody, especially if they want to get into the arts, is that you have to do this for yourself. If you're not happy with your work, nobody else is going to be. And you can't go out there and please everybody, so the only person you have to please is yourself. And if you're proud of your work and you're happy with your work, other people will see it too. But if you're going to sit there and try to do it because you want and, and get the recognition behind you, saying, you know, people saying, oh, you know, it's it's good, you got to always be reinsured, then unfortunately this this type of field is going to tear you apart. It doesn't matter what type of art you do, even performing art. You know, you have to you have to have the passion for yourself and then the rest of it will follow. Wow. You know, you know most of us always have the same issue. Uh, you see some good headshots, you see some bad ha- headshots, and really people don't know what to look for when they look for a photographer. Um, what advice do you have for people who have to, had to take these headshots? Uh, I guess you can get by with a family photo, but things that kind of one headshot would capture you, the other one say, oh my gosh, what are you thinking? Uh, what should a person really need to do when they actually look at a photographer? How to pick one um, that's going to make them look good across the board, even, you know, if that makes sense to you? It does. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it kind of comes down to the day. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is the person, too. So, you know, sometimes the, the weirdest headshots are the ones where you wake up in the morning and you realize, oh, my God, i got to get a headshot today. Um, you know, that happens in some of these businesses and stuff where they want to put your face up on, the, on their board and stuff, so they send you off to a photographer, and it's a last-minute deal. Or if you just kind of go and have some, you know, last-minute portraits with your friends or something like that, and you really weren't expecting it. Um, there's a lot of different things that can make a good portrait. And sometimes it's it's the background choices. You know, reds are never a good background choice. If if mm-hmm. you have a photographer that wants to put red in there, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be quite loud. Um, the the photographer also should be able to feel what your what type of clothes you have on and and complement that with the photo. Uh, you know, they also should try to help you. You know, if you have like some you know really flyaway hair or something you know, like a um, uh, like, I don't know, there's just like maybe like a, a scar or something that they can try to rearrange and work around so you don't see those type of things. Um, other than that, it's also the person, like I said, you know, it, it, there are people that just, no matter what you're going to do, they're never going to be appreciative of those shots because they always have their own their own um, hang-ups. You know, they're, they, they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, my eye looks bad or, you know, I, I never like my teeth or I never like this. And it doesn't matter how you how they take the picture. It could be a gorgeous picture, but they're never going to be satisfied with themselves. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two, but one of the best things you can do is just kind of look through their uh, you can look through their um, their portfolio. Most photographers will have one, other than maybe like somebody like J C Penney's or something like that, or like uh, Walmart or whatever. Uh, just because of the fact that they're just there to basically just take a, take a quick and dirty shot. They're not meant to be a professional. Uh, well, they are professional, but they're not meant to be like a um, a uh, really artistic get into it type of 
photo studio. And plus that 90% of the time you're just sitting there in front of a background and everybody else is looking at you too, which can also influence your pictures. You know, there are going to be people that are going to be just jerks and go behind the, the photographer and make all kinds of stupid faces and you're trying to keep a, a, a good pose and you can't, you know, because you're, you're, you're concentrated on them. So there are things that, that you can kind of look for and, and, and um, you know, kind of feel it out. But Again, it's a catch twenty two. It's it's kinda of how you wake up in the morning. If you wake up in, in a bad mood or you wake up in a in a weird situation and you can't get your hair right, it's gonna be a bad photo. Well, it is amazing because you have babies that uh, people take pictures of and, and they're priceless that uh it's pure art. If they get them to do with uh newborns, get them to do what you really need to get out of the shot. Taking into account, you know, it's the mental thing that people walk in there. Some people are going to be scared, of course. Some people really don't want to take the picture, but some people don't know how to smile. What advice do you normally give to them? Just go and just do it, and hopefully you get you land your hands in the right photographer who's going to make you look wonderful. Correct. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of, that's the only way you could say it. It really is. It's just to just to try it and see what you can do. But see, like me as a photographer, what I try to do is I don't try to do the posed looks because when you get the posed looks, then's when you really get sometimes sometimes that stiff look and and the unnatural look. So I just sit there and just take pictures. And usually, you know, you'll look in one direction or you'll smile smile in a certain way, and I'll take it. And I'll probably take two to three hundred pictures in a shot. You know, it's digital. I'm not wasting any film. And, you know, what we used to get out of that is a couple of really bang-up type of headshots just because of the fact that you were natural and you were having fun. As far as smiling, it's very hard to train people to smile. But um, for guys, you know, guys don't usually smile at all. So the best way to make them, to give them a smile as opposed to making them look so strange with, you know, like just cracking your, your lips is to just to show a little bit of teeth, you know, and just kind of, you know, just try to make them feel like they're, try to tell them that, you know, just, be be upbeat a little bit and give a crack a little smile. Uh, sometimes it's good to see them full full out laughing, you know, because that's you know, there's, it's usually one or the other. It's either full out laughing or it's very serious. Now females, on the other hand, are a little bit different. Um, you know, they can they can crack a smile. They have they have different looks where guys don't seem to have that ability to portray that on a photo. You know, they have the sultry look. They have the fun and playful look. They have all kinds of different looks. So it kind of depends on what they're going to go for. And then the photographer should kind of look at their features and look at their their personality and put that all together into the package. And that will help them, you know, give the the good smile or get the get the look that they're going for. Wow. So, for example, you're starting to see uh, black and white photos with a one thing that's uh, a different color, like uh, like they pick out an object that's going to be red. Mm-hmm. Um, in those type of situations, uh, everybody can't take black and white photos. Is there certain things that you really need to – getting a color photo is one thing, getting a black and white is another. Is there a certain skill set uh, in taking a black and white photo? There or a photographer you need to – Oh yeah, okay. there absolutely is, and um, you know, there's different there's different aspects because color has to be just right, otherwise it, it's completely off. But sometimes that off color can make a really good artistic looking photo too. But with black and white, you know, it's 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 timeless, and if you don't do it right and you don't capture the feeling right, it's ugly. Um, and that's what people got to. Uh, that's what people that look at these things have to understand is that 
you know, there's there's two different aspects of photos. But that just because you prefer color doesn't mean that black and white's bad either. But when you take a black and white photo, when I take a black and white photo, I usually like to use a lot of deep contrast. I like to make uh, use of a lot of shadows and um, highlights. And I usually use a certain filter called a red filter because what that does is it helps accentuate some of the uh, some of the lighting to give it a more profound look, kind of like what you see in the old days. I studied. Believe it or not, I never took a, a professional photography class. Um, the way I learned photography actually was either by doing it or when I got older and I was able to go ahead and buy photos and look at photos, I would look at these old-fashioned photos. And a lot of that can be felt in my work because of the fact that I've mimicked a lot of what they do, but I don't use the type of camera they do. I use it with my own with my own modern-day camera. So, um, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of looking at the past masters and see how they did it and see how they capture things. And, you know, yeah, people are like, well, they didn't smell back then. It's not as personable. The amount of work that went in to get that, those photos, even though they weren't smiling, is beautiful because these people couldn't move. You know, they literally had to stay there for a long, exposed period of time because they didn't have the quality flash and the quality cameras like we have today. I mean, they were they were high-tech at the time. But any slight movement would become blurry on there. Like us, you know, we can move a little bit and it won't be as blurry because we have, you know, anti-bounce, anti anti-blurry uh, 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 automatic focus settings. They didn't. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them could have, sit up there as long as two minutes, depending on the uh, on the lighting situation, to take a perfect picture, and they can't move. So, you know, to hold a smile perfectly for two minutes is virtually impossible. So that's why they didn't smile. And a lot of these, a lot of these apparatuses looked very um, medieval, to say the least. It looked like a big metal pincher that would come up, and they put it right underneath your head, so you really couldn't move your head. And I'm sure that was pretty uncomfortable after two, mm-hmm. after two to three minutes. I mean, it's, it's metal. You know, they didn't have padding on it. It wasn't anything, you know, very comfortable that you could just kind of relax in. This thing was just like it's like you know, sticking a, this like screwing a needle in your neck and keeping it there for a few minutes. I mean, it's, it's not that as painful, but I'm sure it's very uncomfortable. So, you know, okay. there's, a, there's a big difference between the two. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be back, and we'll talk more about your Hell's Kitchen uh, experience. I'll be back in a moment. We'll listen to The Core Business Show. We'll be back in about 40 seconds. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Again, we're back with Jason Dow, and our uh, topic today is Photographer Hill's Kitchen Experience. So tell us about uh, this particular experience itself. Uh, it was They did a mock-up there in Florida. Uh, t- let's talk about the, uh, the photography and, and the makeup. Okay. 
Well, um, there really wasn't any makeup or photography. It, it, basically, he was hiring me to to uh, do the pictures just for moment for uh, you know memento of it. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them already came made up anyways because they were you know they knew that they'd be in, in the public eye and stuff. But um, we basically the ones that I met there that night were Chef Robert Hess, and he was there in season five and six. And, and everybody remembers in season five they were going up that hill. Um, on that bicycle, and he had a heart. Basically, had a heart attack. Um, it wasn't a full-blown heart attack, but it was just one of those. Um, it screwed Ooh. up his heart. So he actually was. He actually had to relieve himself from the series. He wasn't voted off. And then uh, Chef Hess brought him. I mean, uh, Chef Ramsay brought him back in season six, and he made it up to the top five. He didn't make it to the top three like he was at at the at the point where. Um, he was in season five, and then we also had Danny, the we- the winner of season six. We had Amanda, we had Craig, we had um, Vinny, and we had Ariel, who was the uh, runner up to uh, Danny in season six. Uh, so they were going head to head together, and um, it was just really a cool experience to see them. I mean, when I pulled up to the restaurant, and I see all the guys out there in their blue jackets and their black jacket, and uh, and their uh, and their uh, you know the 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 jacket you see in Hell's Kitchen, and they're just walking all over the place. It kind of gets to be a little surreal, if you, if you know what I mean. It's just like you're you're looking at a TV show that you've been I've been watching since season one, and it, here I get to watch these people that I actually cheered for, you know, and um, meet them in person. So it was it was quite an experience. I mean, I've never been one that got starstruck or anything like that. You know, I walked up to them and said, "Hi, hey, how you doing?" And you know, I didn't go, "Oh my God," you know, like some people do. But um, <laughs> I did. Ha- I did. I you know, I treated them like a human being, and and I got to see them in a, in a different light that than what you'd see them on TV. I mean, it's I was I was expecting you know a bunch of attitudes and and stuff like that. Now they were confident, but they didn't they didn't have the confidence that they portrayed on the TV. I think a lot of that was a lot of uh, a lot of hype to get people up. And, and experiencing them, you know, they want to. They're trying to get the the people to hate them and like them. You know, some people are going to like that that um, the good and bad scenario. Some people are like, you know, oh, this guy stinks, and he's like out there saying oh, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. You know, uh, so they kind of. I think they kind of have to make that up for their for their show, but they have to have a little confidence anyway. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on there. You know, if you don't have confidence in what you do, you're going to fail. So it was just kind of neat to see them outside of that and, and see them walking around and talking to each other and being playful with each other as opposed to trying to chew off each other's neck and, and backstabbing each other. Hmm. Was it, did they ever talk about their particular experience on the show? Um, some will tell you, you know, hey, I walked on the set and and this was really how the experience. Uh, oh, yeah. Did they talk about their experience? Oh yeah, some of them did. Um, you know, some of them were telling me about like you know back you know behind the scenes stuff that would happen. Like you know, um, they didn't show on TV. Like somebody wouldn't come out there. They would talk about it sometimes. Like this person was out there and uh, supposed to be prepping the kitchen and they didn't, and it kind of screwed up the entire the entire night for that for the whole entire team. Um, sometimes they were telling us about you know some of the experiences that they had with Chef Ramsay and and you know Chef Ramsay on there everybody knows is a bulldog. But I didn't hear one person on that show say that he is really like that off camera. A lot of them mm-hmm. said that he is a phenomenal person, uh, one of the one of the most uh, caring and 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 compassionate people that they've ever met. He's passionate about what he does. He is he does strive for perfection. I mean that what you see there with his passion for the food is the real passion he has. But he's not always that aggressive. That's basically to, to prepare you for for life because in the restaurant business you're going to get a lot of people that they're, they're going to be very upset especially if you screw up their food there's a couple things in life you don't mess around with and one of them is people's food so you know you're going to get the backlash of you're going to get the backlash of people 
you know, if you screw up their food. So you got it, he's trying to prepare them for the worst case scenario all the way through. And um, you know, in that he demands, you know, he puts his passion in that, and he wants to instill that into those chefs. And I saw that even after they got out of there, because they kind of took on his personality. And they were just saying, you know, what a what an incredible man he is and to learn from. And, and, you know, he really is a big puppy dog, I guess, outside of uh, off the camera and stuff like that. Kind of when you see him on the Chef Challenges, uh, the, with the Chef Challenges winners, and how he's just kind of, you know, fun, smiling, having fun, stuff like that, that's really the, the real Gordon Ramsay people uh, don't really always know. Uh, what was it like to uh, to meet uh, Angelo Dundee? Oh, he was phenomenal. Um, I remember watching, sitting down with my dad and, and my great grandfather, and they used to love watching boxing. And that's what my dad and my grand and his grandfather, my great grandfather, did growing up. Uh, was you know every I, I forgot was it whether it was Friday night or Saturday night fights or Sunday night fights or something like that. Mm-hmm. They would always sit down and watch those fights. And one of their biggest fans of that they were a fan of was Muhammad Ali, and. Um, you know, they talked to me about Angelo Dundee and, and all these things, and I got to watch some of the old fights with my father when I was growing up, too. Um, you know, we go out and rent them or what have you. And you could w- watch them sometimes on ESPN and stuff. So it was really neat to to, to, um, to see the, to see the man that I was I grew up hearing all about and, and his amazing career in person. And then to sit down and talk to him about his career. And, and you know, when, we, when he got to talk about Muhammad Ali and, like, when he dropped Joe Frazier and stuff like that, the smile on his face was just, you'll never be able to see that again. I mean, it, you know, I, I think it, I think it, it was it was fun for him to be able to talk to people about his career, and I think he enjoyed it just as much as 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 he did enjoying his career that other people enjoyed what he did too, and um, you know just some of the stories I got to I got to hear from him were I'll never be able to hear from anybody else other than maybe Ali or or any of his, the other people he he was a uh, a trainer for. And, um, you know, it shocked me because just a few months after this particular incident, he passed away. So, you know, the pictures that I have are pretty much some of the last outings he's ever done um, in in his life because I think he passed away like eight months later or six months later or something like that. So he didn't live much longer after these things, and, and, and I, I got the chance to meet him before he passed away, and I'll never forget that. It's something I'll always treasure. Well, we have a question. Uh about Dundee itself. Whoa, what was long? Okay, I think yeah, we already answered it. So anything you know, I I know that you've been on the show and you talked about your your books again, uh, books in the past. Um, tell us anything else you you have working on in the future, or are you gonna continue to uh, uh, to work on the book that you already already has have right now. Well, I'm actually putting out, trying to put out a second edition to that book, and I'm actually going to okay. try to uh, elaborate a little bit more on some of the uh, some of the particular incidents that I had, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put it as me as a character, not me talking about myself. So okay. it's going to be a little bit different, and, I, and I'm going to be able to get a little bit more into detail of what happened um, because I want people to understand what what I went through and what I saw and stuff like that. But this time it's going to be me as a character. I'm going to be playing myself, but I'm going to be talking to myself in third party. Um, the other thing I, I was just uh, uh, inducted into was there's a, a book coming out called uh, Lay Images, um, which is by um, – I'm trying to remember her – Tex, Tex Area, I think is her name. It's going to be coming out soon, but it's a photography book compiled of photographers from all over the world. And it took a selective cut, but one of mine made it into the book. So that's oh, wow. coming out. That's coming out soon. Congratulations. And, thank you. And I'm also uh, going to be doing a um, 
I'm also going to be doing my Halloween photos, and this is where I can get really crazy. And I got a, uh, I got a, um, a, um, what do you call those things? Uh, not a marionette, a, um, a one of those dolls that 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 you use to talk. Um, a ventriloquist dummy, and okay. I'm going to be doing some pretty fun stuff with that coming up. And I have some other things that I'm going to be uh, photographing. And I I found an old abandoned hotel in in Newport Ritchie where I am. Supposedly Babe Ruth had stayed at it, and a couple other very top stars. And it's supposed to be haunted, but it's completely overgrown. It's got a great um, it's got a great atrium that, it, it, that you can get into. And uh, I'm going to be taking some pictures there too. So uh, my photography for uh, October is coming out. It's going to be really. It's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. Uh, anything you'd like to leave us with? Uh, yeah. I guess anybody that wants to see anything that I'm doing, uh, you can go to DowdStudios.com. That's where you can find out about my book. You can find out about my art. You can see what I'm coming up to, where I'm going to be showing. Um, you know, it's also a good place where you can you can contact me. I love to hear stories about other people's ghost experiences and see pictures of their ghost experiences if they have them. Um, and just all the kinds of other neat things that I might be interested in. And if they have an idea for a photo, I always take suggestions. Um, you know, a lot of what I do is not only my own interpretations and my own experiences, but it's others too. And sometimes it's kind of neat to see my interpretation of their experience on in art. So I would love for people to contact me that way too. Wow. Well, amazing. Thank you, Jason, for joining the program. Thank you. Okay, your website again, last time? Uh, DowdStudios.com, D-O-W-D Studios with an S.com. Great. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate it. Take care. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been another production. Production of the Core Business Show. Okay, <laughs> they hit the wrong button real quick. You can download this episode on iTunes and Block Talk Radio. Thank you all for listening and take care. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.